Welcome to the Around the Block Sports Podcast. Hi, welcome to our podcast today. Uh, this is your host, Dominic, and I'm here with my buddy, Angel. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're just going to get right into it. So we're starting off with MLB again. I guess this will be our routine. Uh, yeah, just the, for the offseason right now. Yeah. So I guess we'll talk about the trade rumor. I, one of the bigger ones right now is Madison Bumgarner is on the trading block, apparently. Mm-hmm. So obviously the Giants haven't ver- been very relevant when it comes to trying to make the playoffs the past couple years. Not at all. They've been... I think last mm-hmm. last year they tried to make some trades to kind of try well, to get yeah, back in the Last year they had, well, they, I thought they were going to be good, to be honest. They had, mm-hmm. what's his name, Andrew McCutcheon and yeah. Evan Longoria, and they seemed like they could be a promising team, and then they got hit with injuries. Mm-hmm. So that was crazy. But uh, it kind of makes sense to me that they're trying to trade him away, even yeah. though he's, like, super good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is their biggest trade asset right now. Like, if they're going to really try to rebuild because I think that's what they should do because they, they might be able to retool and be a good team next year but if they want to be relevant for let's say the next, the rest of the decade or like five to ten years if they want a good stretch they should try to get young because right now they, yeah they yeah. have they have Madison Bumgarner and he's not he's not one of those uh pitchers that during the regular season is gonna necessarily go off the way that you want him to like where mm-hmm. he'll get like the 300 plus strikeouts and have like a mm-hmm. 2.2 ERA or anything like that, but you know that if you could get to the playoffs, he's proven that he could do something. He so, could um, do a lot. He could do a lot, obviously. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's. I mean, I guess that's big news right now. That's definitely a signal to a, a full blown rebuild in my eyes, which the Giants need. Honestly, they need it. And um, I think we're gonna go back to Paul Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of teams actually are interested. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes sense if you think about the uh, about the the length of careers nowadays in baseball. He is he's thirty years old, but he could probably get another five more like really productive years if he stays healthy. So I guess it's it'll be a good he'd be a good part for some team that really mm-hmm. needs uh, a good hitting and a good defender. You know, but we'll see. And Noah Syndergaard. Yes. Again, yeah, still. A dozen teams interested in Noah Syndergaard, mm-hmm. which I'm surprised there's not more. Mm-hmm. Well, this he's in the point of his career where he would have the most trade value because he's so young. Mm-hmm. Like he's so young and he's already one of the best pitchers in baseball, so a lot of teams will jump at the opportunity to trade for a guy that could be your uh, your uh, horse, basically. He could be your the first guy in your rotation. Mm-hmm. Bring him in, do good playoff series, carry you in the regular season. He's yeah, in the point of the definitely. career where he he could do that for a team. So that's yeah. why a lot of teams are interested, obviously. Yeah, and I know he's had some injury, um, some injuries in his past and whatnot. But he is someone that that any team would be thrilled to have. He's a great pitcher. Mm-hmm. He throws like was he's like one of the hardest throwers in baseball. Mm-hmm. It's, he's really good, and I'm like I'm really interested to see where um, if he ends up moving, where they end up moving him, and what they get out of it, because he could be worth a lot if you send it, sell him to the right team. You think they'll keep him in the same in the American League and the National League? Um, Do you think that even matters to a team? Like what league? They send I don't him know. To? In baseball, so much it matters the same divisional thing, but maybe they'll just send him over to the AL. I think he'd want to be there anyways, so he doesn't have to hit. He can just pitch, even though hitting's fun. 
but who would you rather have? Are you saying from Mad- Madison Bumgarner or Paul Goldschmidt? And that's a, and that's a big storyline going on. What would you rather take? You know, well, a great I, pitcher or a great um, position player. Well, I think that's what my that's what my argument's gonna be because I think in most cases you have to go to position player. I think unless mm. it's unless uh, you're talking about a guy who, like, I know. Different team, McLean Kershaw a few years ago, who, who was was going off. He did have those amazing stats and was carrying your team and can win you an MVP. But like if you have a guy like that, then yeah, you'd go you'd go for the pitcher. But I think Paul Goldschmidt right now he's uh, he's a guy who's going to play for you every single game. He's going to give you production every single game, and I think that's just more valuable than a guy like like a what's his name Madison Bumgarner right now. Like Madison Bumgarner is a very good regular season pitcher. But you won't see his value into the playoffs, and you need somebody who can carry you into the playoffs. I think Paul Goldschmidt is in a better position to do that, just because he plays every game and he's mm. been consistent. So, like, I don't have any, I don't have any doubts that he's gonna get traded and then have a down year. So, what if it's just a, what if it's a team that just needs that extra push, like extra push. the Dodgers? You could say that they need that one playoff pitcher that's gonna actually make a difference for them. In the playoffs, I know well, Clayton Kershaw, I, he turns into an average pitcher in the playoffs. He's still good, but mm-hmm. not as well, good as his regular season 1.6 ERA or whatever the heck he has all the time. Well, I think if we're talking about the Dodgers specifically, I actually think during the playoffs, until parts of the World Series, their pitching was actually very good. Because they had, they had a good overall rotation. Yeah. It's just I think their offense went dry. So like I think in the case of the Dodgers specifically... I think I would rather go with Paul Goldschmidt, but in in general, well, I do not see that. No, no, because I honestly and and if I were to choose between two, I would choose Madison Bumgarner, mm-hmm. just because yeah, it's only every one he only pitches every five games, whatever. But when if your team is good enough to get to the playoffs, he's gonna. What was his ERA in the playoffs that one year? Like zero. It was basically <laughs> zero. Like he pitched. He every time he pitches in the playoffs, it's 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 great. It's a lot of help for a team, you know, a lot. And just like you said, like if you have him on your team, even if your offense does go dry, he's gonna hold the other team to one run, you know. So it's gonna give you a lot better opportunity when it comes playoff time to win games, rather than one position player that is good, but it's one out of nine guy lineup you know mm-hmm. so i think the long term also the long term would you rather pitchers don't usually last as long as position players true so like, do you do you trust that madison bumgarner could still be this player in two to three years because I, I have no doubt that paul goldschmidt's still going to be good in three years because people could fall off really fast especially base especially uh pitchers yeah, I guess that's something to see because he did have uh, he was injured for the, the better half of last season too, I believe. So I guess that is something to consider. But when you look at all the good that he's done for the Giants in the playoffs, it's uh, it's something that as a team, like any team, should look at and be like, "Well, I can't. I need that. Mm-hmm. I need that for the playoffs." I mean, you can see you see a lot of teams that could need that help. I mean, even the, the Yankees with Madison Bumgarner, they just got James Paxson. 
they'll be set. <laughs> they'll be right back up on the top of the division, and they could probably make some some noise in the playoffs with him. So something we probably should have looked up though is I'm not sure how uh, their contract with their contract situations. Are. I don't know who has more years on their deal. I don't know if they're both expiring. Nothing like that. I think they are both expiring. I want to say um, Paul Goldschmidt ends at the end of. This next, next season, season coming up. Yeah. And I'm not sure about... um, What's his face? Madison, Madison Bumgarner. Bumgarner. I'm not sure about his contract. Because that's something else I have to consider. If you can get one for a long period of time, then... That's true, but I, I mean... The same... You could just... I would honestly rather have... Have the shorter contract the time up quicker. Because they are... I mean, like I said, Paul Goldsmith is 30 years old, so you don't want to have him with a with five more years on his contract guaranteed. You want to be able to 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 mess with that contract, maybe give him five years, but a three-year option, two-year option. Mm-hmm. So you're not stuck on him if he does fall off in the next few years. Which, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen just because how consistent he's been like his whole entire career. But it's still something to factor in. But, yeah. And I mean, Madison Bumgarner is younger, too. So that makes a difference. But I get what you're saying. The the difference between a position player and a pitcher in regards to longevity and stuff like that, it is something you can factor in. But I think, in my opinion, Madison Bumgarner is, is definitely the guy to go with. In that situation, just because of what he could do for a team now, and I'm not saying like if you, hey, if you're a team that's still like in the middle of the rebuilding stages, or like you know just getting like past that, then get Paul Goldschmidt, help out the young guys that you have already develop more, mm-hmm. and be like a good example, good veteran for the younger players. But if you're a team. Who wants to compete at this very moment. Yeah, and it's just right there. Maximize your chances of winning mm-hmm. this following season. Then you take Madison I could see, I could see that argument, actually. Yeah. But, I mean, for I mean for baseball, I think that's it right now. There's not really much going on. I know the winter meetings are coming up soon, so we'll mm-hmm. have a lot of talk about once that happens. Oh, Bryce Harper. I forgot about that guy. Oh, yeah. The biggest $400 million, <laughs> $400 million contract he wants out. That's crazy. And I mean, I can see teams giving it to him, but in my opinion, Bryce Harper's been inconsistent his whole career. Yeah. I mean, he's had years where he's batted over 320, and then the next year he goes down to 230. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the, he when he's good, he's really good, but when he's bad, he's really bad. And it just seems to be like a off and on, like year after year thing. And I know his defensive metrics are pretty bad, too. Last year he had a pretty bad year on defense. But it's not really crazy to think that he could get a $400 million deal. It probably will be like 10 years. But we'll see what happens, I guess. I I don't know. I would not get I think a lot of teams teams are just looking for like that superstar guy. Mm -hmm. And like he is definitely 100% going to get that contract or pretty close to it. Teams might not be excited for the length of it because they don't know what they're going to have in seven years years mm-hmm. but right now that's most teams are going to look at that as a problem for later and he is a very talented guy yeah it's, it's actually kind of disappointing how he is so <laughs> inconsistent because i think yeah. he could be 
other than Mike Trout, the face of the league. Yeah, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Them Angels, they got to get better. They're going to lose him. But yeah, now that's it for baseball. We can move on now to the NBA. We got Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Signed a new deal with New Balance. <laughs> he was making all that. He was complaining about the Spurs not being a popular enough franchise so they can <laughs> get those big shoe deals. Ends up signing with New Balance anyway. Not yeah, Jordan. That's terrible. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it's probably not terrible for him. Mm-hmm. No, they gave him the bag, obviously. Well, yeah, he left Jordan for a New Balance, so we'll see how much. I think it's supposedly like a over five over five million dollars a year deal with um, New Balance, but I don't think the actual terms have um, came out yet. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I mean, that's that's weird. Are there any other basketball players signing New Balance? Uh, there's none that off the top of my head I can really think of. I don't think any relevant big ones right now. Well, maybe he's trying to start putting these New Balance the on one. the map. Yeah. We'll I, don't know, I feel like there goes. are different companies who could, like Puma, I think, is trying to get into the shoe game recently. I think they signed a bunch of younger players last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have Jay-Z, like, trying to... to yeah, but <laughs> Puma. No. <laughs> no, but, like, like, I think, like, a, a, a company like Puma... Where uh, you have other people going in there with you, like I'd rather go there than New yeah. Balance. Where you're gonna try to. I think more home. because it's more. It's more like related to basketball, if that makes sense. Because New Balance, whenever I think of New Balance, I only think of baseball. There's a ton of New Balance cleats and all mm-hmm. this stuff that are popular. When you look at basketball, you don't. There's no New Balance shoes. But I mean. The reality of it is Adidas, Nike, and now Under Armour are going to be the most popular brands for basketball forever. It's crazy, though, for Under Armour. I don't really know any other athletes other than the Steph Curry. I don't, I I think, don't know that there is any. I can't I really think of I, any. I can think of a um, few baseball Giannis, players. Is Giannis? Uh, I think he might be Under Armour. Giannis? Yeah. I might be tripping. I don't know. I'm not sure about oh, that. Oh, no, it might be Adidas, actually. I, I thought it was Adidas. But that being said, like, Under Armour, I know, is very big with uh, with baseball. I know Clayton Kershaw is an Under Armour athlete. I think Bryce Harper might be at Under Armour, too. Yeah, but, I mean, like I said, it's baseball. Oh, Jonas is Nike. I don't know. I'm tripping. Anyways. I'm tripping. No, but yeah. What else? Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz, the Sixers are looking to move him. Mm-hmm. This is like what, I mean, it seems like it's it's been coming. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know what happened to him. He he got like the ultimate yips, and he can't play basketball it's, anymore. That really is just what because I don't because coming out of college, he was seen as a good shooter, but like like his strengths. I remember this because the Lakers had the second overall pick. I was kind of hoping Fultz would fall. Like mm-hmm. I, I was hoping Fultz would fall to the second pick because in college he was a great like off the dribble shooter. Mm-hmm. He was great at finishing. He was a good floor general. Like he had everything. That's why he was seen as the consensus number one overall pick. And that's why I don't know if he is injured. I, I think the stories are still kind of like they're not clear on what exactly is happening. But I think at this point he just him the Sixers they just need to they just need to cut it. Yeah. And they need to just move on. Yeah, I mean, he's still young, so there's still hope for him. 
just cut ties, let him get a fresh start in a new franchise. Uh, it probably would be good for him, but you see, like Jimmy Butler backing him up, like or you know he was like he's he was talking about how they're all in his corner and this and that. But I think it'll probably be good for him to get a fresh start because he just looks. He does not look good at all. No, and for the 76ers. There's no, there's no room for him on this team for him to grow. Like, there's no role for him. No, because with Jimmy Butler, like Ben Simmons is your point guard. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is your shooting guard or small forward. Yeah, He's your wing along with there. J.J. Riddick. And there's just no place for Fultz to get enough touches to, yeah. to pass this. So he needs to go somewhere else so that he can further his own career and get better. She and then I think the Sixers. And the Sixers, at this point, we can say they got robbed in that trade with the Celtics when when they traded the the number one overall pick for the number one overall pick. Because <laughs> instead of getting Jason Tatum, which is what they probably would have gotten, they traded up to get Marco Fultz. Mm-hmm. So that's not a that doesn't look good on them. They didn't do good in in developing the talent that they got. They did the same exact thing with Jaleel Okafor a few years ago. Yeah, what and happened to him? He's with, he he signed with New Orleans. I believe, oh, what the heck? And he just doesn't have he just doesn't get any minutes. Speaking of failed trades, what about the Timberwolves and Jimmy Butler, and that was a failed trade. They mm-hmm. they gave up, really they give up, Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, who's doing great, and Chris Dunn, who's okay. He's I mean, he's he's okay. Mm-hmm. They have Laurie, who who came out to be really good. Really promising star. He's injured right now, but he should be coming back soon. And what did they get for it? They got <laughs> Dario Saric and, and Robert Covington. Robert Covington. That's crazy. It's crazy. Like That's... they're fine players. They're fine players, but they're just. I the, think the honestly, players that they gave up in Laurie Markkinen, Zach Levine, and Chris Dunn. Actually, the the sad part is that they're. I think they'd be really good fits with the Timberwolves. Like yeah. imagine Laurie Markkinen <laughs> and. Carl Anthony Towns as yeah. your four and five, and then that would be nice. Zach Levine as your because honestly, look, your let second. Me, let's just say, I'm gonna just say something now. Andrew Wiggins is He's a trash. bust. Andrew Wiggins is not as good as he should be. No, he just he's not good. He needs to be a lot better for that team to go anywhere. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, he I f- I feel like sometimes he can be inconsistent. Uh, he has his games where he gets like 35 and 20, but then he has other games where he's just like super, super ineffective. Yeah. And it's, it's bad. It's just like, I know they've been playing better now. Derrick Rose has been playing MVP level. Mm-hmm. You know? Shooting, MVP what is it, 48% Rose. from three? Yeah, I think he's By still shooting around 48% from three, averaging 20 points. I mean, he's doing good. He's doing really good, and it's really... I think his field goal per his actual field goal percentage is like forty seven percent too. So I mean he's doing really good. He's playing great, great to see. I love Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. That's my guy right there. But yeah, I mean trades. Trades. Alright. The Warriors. Mm-hmm. Your friends. My your friends. favorite team. No, they are not my <laughs> favorite team. Steph Curry. It looks like he's almost back. So that should be interesting to see how they do. They've been pretty bad i know they won a couple games but they're still pretty bad yeah, they just haven't been playing they're very beatable right now like if they yeah. were if they this is a dumb scenario but if the playoffs started today i wouldn't really have faith that they no. get to the oh finals. no they, the freaking nuggets would beat them mm-hmm. the nuggets are 
The Nuggets are playing great. Mm. Which, Which they're a good overall team, but but once Steph Curry comes back, I think they'll be back in, on track. Yeah, and then I I also saw that Demarcus Cousins getting closer to coming back. So that's also something that you don't know how that's going to affect their season. You don't know if uh, if uh, first off you don't know if he's going to come back and play heavy minutes, but then also you don't know if he's going to come back and it's either going to throw the chemistry off or the actual basketball, like, on the court. Like, like they just need to gel together. Mm. So that's why I think for them it's important that they get healthy so they could have enough time to really go into the playoffs playing the basketball that they want. Because yeah. you don't want to go into the playoffs with Steph Curry and DeMarcus Cousins not really being able to play together. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to figure that out in the playoffs with teams that have been spending all season mm-hmm. getting to know each other. So you don't want to yeah, go into definitely. the playoffs working from behind like you you're they're obviously the most talented team but they ha- they have to actually put it into practice they have to play well together mm-hmm. just like just like the lakers yeah you know they have talent they have a lot of talent they're they've been up and down this season mm-hmm. you know they just got blown out by the nuggets i mean blown out yeah, by 32 points yeah it, it was, was like those are the kind of games. I mean, it happens in the NBA, especially with the three point shooting. Oh, most definitely. Where just the the variance in things that happen, like, like it seems like it's either always a blowout or, or like the super close game. Mm-hmm. And but other than that, I mean, the Lakers. I don't know if anybody was really expecting them to be this great, amazing team out of the gates, you know. Yeah, because I mean, there's always that LeBron, the LeBron effect where you expect them to, like, do super good from the jump. But they're not doing too bad. They're just, no, you can previous, tell that it's, it's up and down. Yeah, you know? previously to losing the last two games and getting blown out by the, by the Nuggets, they had won 9 of 11. Yeah. Like, they, they the only team they had lost to for three weeks was the Magic. Uh, yeah. Don't ask so, me why. I mean, <laughs> Nikola Vucevic is the... Yeah. Laker killer, I guess, but that's the man right there. But the, what the Lakers, they just need to, they just need to keep playing. I think the one concern you have right now is that it seems like Brandon Ingram is kind of, he's not doing the best with the role that they're giving him this year. Yeah, because he's supposed to be the he's second option. He, he, I think naturally his his natural skill set complements LeBron pretty well. But yeah. he's the way that they've developed him over the past couple of years as the go-to guy mm. isn't necessarily it, it wasn't the best for his development because yeah. instead of like coming off screens and like cutting to the basket and trying to play off, play off ball, it seems like he kind of just waits around when he doesn't have the ball. Yeah, and obviously LeBron is going to have the ball most of the time, mm-hmm. and if not him, it's going to be Lonzo or Rajon yeah. Rondo. So what happens with him a lot is he doesn't really affect the game until he has that ball. Yeah. So he'll just and stand around, not not just take there. bad shots. He's and really he's just there. there. So he just needs to figure it out. Um, like I said, he's just he's not really fitting into their the no not the at this point. style of play. Which, but I mean, it's expected. It takes time. It's been twenty games. They're eleven and nine, which, which is, is not a good bad. Record. They're still in the play. Like if the the I mean the West is pretty today. tight, right? Yeah. The West is like there's like one two games separating number one from I think the eight. tenth seed the tenth seed right now is Dallas and they're ten they're nine and nine or ten and ten. They're a five hundred team. Wow. So there are only a few bad teams in the West. So and it's not it's not gonna be easy. There's a nice handful of bad teams in the East. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like there's seventh seed, so yeah, it's not 
they're not doing bad. I mean, they are up and down, but they're not playing terrible. You they're know? not. They're and, not playing like the Suns. And after the after the Nuggets game, I'm not sure where they ranked, but I know two games ago they were a not the ninth ranked offense and the eleventh ranked defense. So mm. like they're they're make they're getting there. They're yeah. figuring things out. Like if they can finish top ten in both of those, then not only will they make the playoffs, but they'll actually be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like they'll be so, in a good position. In your opinion, who's the number one uh, team in the NBA right now? And the, the that thing that's pretty obvious is the Toronto Raptors. Yep. Because basically, what they did is they didn't miss a beat. They replaced Demar Derozan with Kawhi Leonard and added Danny Green. So, so basically, like De- Kawhi Leonard is basically Demar Derozan with defense times and ten. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. He plays spectacular defense, and he shoot the ball very well. And Danny Green was very... Like, when the Raptors traded for Kawhi, I thought the biggest part, like, the biggest thing that they did was they got Danny Green. Yeah. And worst-case scenario, Kawhi leaves, rebuild. Have, yeah. And you have a bunch of pieces. Yeah. You can and still they, still, stay they have trade value in, in players there that if they need to rebuild, they can. They can get decent amount of stuff for them to get what they need. And even if they don't want to do that, they're going to be a good enough team where they'll be, like, top four or five in the East. Yeah. With Kyle Lowry. You know what's surprising to me? How bad the Jazz are doing. The, the Jazz? I don't... They were... I was never so, super high on them, mainly because I, the way that the league was going, I didn't really see how... If your best shooter is Joe Ingles, and he's your <laughs> second best... Well, he's a good shooter. But if he's your second best offensive player... That's not a good sign. Yeah, I yeah, that makes and sense. Donovan it's Mitchell. Just, it feels like the, the hype around Donovan Mitchell last season. Yeah, it, it made the Jazz seem like a better team. Yeah, and now I mean they're the what they're as it's the beginning of the season, so you can't really say they're doing so terribly bad. But and they started off the same exact way last season, where they yeah. were a bad team, and then they went on this crazy run. Yeah, but so we'll see if it happens again. I mean, who knows? I don't. I think. They're a team that has to figure it out somewhat soon before they fall t- behind too much. Because if they fall behind too much, the other teams in the West are just too good. Yeah. Like, like let's say, like the Clippers right now, number one seed. And I Which was very, I like, I did not expect that at oh, all. I expected teams like the Clippers and actually like the Jazz, who had a lot of uh, returning players. Like, they basically brought back the, team, the same mm-hmm. team. And it's it's not a coincidence that every season the teams that bring back most of their players get off to a hot start because they all know how to play because they all know how to play to get together yeah. and the clippers are filled with a bunch of good players yeah like, there's there aren't that many players on the clippers i'm like oh that, that person's trash <laughs> yeah but eventually once the other teams start getting to know each other and start playing like the basketball they want to play i think the clippers will probably end up borderline playoffs like six six to nine somewhere like that mm but uh, a team like the Jazz has figured out because you're competing with the Clippers, the Grizzlies, other teams that are in that borderline, maybe the Lakers. Like, like you're competing with them. And if you fall behind too much, you're yeah. just working from behind the whole time, the whole yeah. season. Uphill. It's an uphill battle the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. The uh, season's still young. Mm-hmm. So the Lakers still have a chance to redeem themselves. We'll see. And uh, actually, in. Speaking of redeeming themselves, we'll see what happens when the Bulls get all their starters back, see if they can win a game, you know. How, they, how are the Bulls doing, Donald? Terrible. Terrible? Terrible. I think they're like 5-16. and 16. They're terrible. <laughs> they, 
They do have a handful of injuries to important players, but still, even with them, they'll probably they'd probably be like. I think eight and fourteen, eight and thirteen. I don't think there's much to complain about though, because worst case scenario, they come back, they still don't win very many games, and they end up with R.J. Barrett. Or yeah, or Zion we Williamson. yeah, or we tank super hard and we get Zion, and then we'll see. Mm-hmm. No, I I mean they're they're a young team, so they have a, some hope, you know. Yeah. No, their future looks like, a little bright because what I like about gray. the Bulls, what I like about the Bulls is that I think they have every position covered. Honestly, Chris Dunn is going to be like they could. He's a serviceable, I think, starting mm-hmm. point guard in the league. Mm-hmm. So if they have him. And Zach Levine is their backcourt, and then have mm-hmm. Laurie Markkinen and what's his name? Uh, Wendell. Wendell Carter Jr. as your center, as your front court, and then just find a wing. Mm-hmm. Draft Zion, Zion. Williamson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a really good. They have a really good future. They have a lot of options. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how we'll I'm, see how they. I'm go. very high on them, actually. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw earlier in the week. Reuben Foster arrested again for domestic violence. And it's not, it's crazy. Honestly, it's crazy to me that you have these people in professional sports who make millions of dollars who still do these dumb things that get themselves in trouble and get themselves cut from their teams and this and that. 49ers release them. Okay. And then the Redskins. I don't know. The Redskins claim him off waivers. And the thing with that, to me, that's just showing, that's the Redskins showing that they don't care about what a play, what their players do off the field or what they're involved in off the field. They just care about trying to win, mm-hmm. you know? The Redskins aren't doing that bad this year. I know they just lost Alex Smith to that terrible leg injury, but that's just something you don't do it's literally it was literally i think a day after the uh, after he was released after they they found him he got arrested that they pick him up so yeah. you just see that and it's like what are you trying to what message are you sending you know this guy just got arrested for domestic violence for the second or third time or whatever it was and you're just going to pick him up and then if he is cleared or whatever happens you're going to you're going to have him play and it it's kind of like well, you you want to avoid another Alden Smith, yes. Because the same thing happened with Alden Smith. He's all into all this trouble, but teams are still going after him. You know, the Forty Nine ers still kept him after he got in trouble the first time. The Raiders got him, so he still had the op- his opportunities, regardless of what he was doing off the field. He still had all these opportunities to play football, and it didn't. It really didn't teach him. No. To try to have the change, and Reuben Foster's young. He's a young guy who can turn it around. He can definitely turn it around, but if you keep handing him the opportunities mm-hmm. while he's getting arrested for domestic yeah. violence, and he's shown a pattern a pattern of this, so you really have to, in my opinion, looking at it, it's kind of like a lose lose situation because there's a pattern of this. He might not even, depending on how things go. How much is he actually going to play with you? Yeah. For you, excuse me. And then the image it makes of your franchise and just... It's just not a good look. It's not a good look. Not a good look. But that's all we'll say on that. Because, you know, there's that's a whole different discussion. But um, the Packers, my least favorite team in the NFL, I they suck. 
I'm, yeah, I'm happy to say that they suck now. Uh, they are just on. They're on the decline. They lost for, to the Vikings sure. a few days ago. Was it? Yeah, they lost to the Vikings. They're what, like four, five, and one, or something. Four, six, and one, or something. They're. I don't see them making the playoffs. Obviously, no. you have the Bears who are so they're on fire right now. They won five games in a row. That was actually crazy to me. They won three games in twelve days. Like. I think that's like the only time in NFL history that it's ever no happened. one's ever happened. Yeah, but the Packers are terrible, and I think that Mike McCarthy's probably going to get fired pretty soon. It's looking like it. Um, they just need to make changes. They have yeah. their de- <laughs> their defense is terrible. Their defense is not good, and they need they need some more help on offense. Mm-hmm. You know, getting rid of Jordy Nelson was probably. Um, not a very good idea for them. Or not getting him back. I can't remember if they traded him or he just signed to a different team. Well, luckily with football, it's the one sport where one off season could really make a difference. You just reach mm-hmm. I mean, just like what it did to the Rams a few years ago. Mm-hmm. They had a good defense, but uh, <laughs> coach trash. Players weren't really performing. Next season, they get Sean McVay. Jared Goff takes a jump. Todd Gurley gets better. And all of a sudden, they're Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. So, and then if you're working, if you already have Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously, obviously very talented, <laughs> yeah, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you should. It shouldn't be that hard to find somebody who could basically surround him with people who could basically just stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. Just don't get in the way of success. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that makes sense, and it's crazy to see because since I since forever the the Packers have been number one in the NFC North. And now it's changed. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't see them. there. I mean, it happens. It happens to every team. There's always going to be that moment where you, you're, that's it. You're, you're done. Your past your talent window is closed. gone. Yeah, your window's closed. Happened and you have Seahawks. to rebuild. Yep. The only team that's immune to it, I guess, is Patriots. Yeah, yeah. The, Patri- the Patriots are going to be good as long as Tom Brady is there. As long as he's able to walk. Mm-hmm. He's going to play forever. With his special diets and whatnot. His special diets? Mm-hmm. His trips to Miami and Germany. What else? Uh, I thought it was cool to see Lamar Jackson undefeated. Um, I don't remember. Why, why is Joe Flacco out? I don't remember. But I know he's out. I know Lamar is starting again this Sunday. Well, it could be a good... It could be time. It could be time for Joe Flacco to... To get out of Baltimore, that's it. As Lamar Jackson looks really promising. You know, he's very different from Joe Flacco. He's very mobile quarterback. He's like he's basically like like Russell Wilson or Cam Newton. You know, mm-hmm. and he's just he's just doing things for that team that are very positive right now. So we'll see how that ends up. And it's good to see because when you're a player like him who had a lot of success in college. He's he's his name has been out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. When you when you don't go in the when you're the very last pick in the first round, <laughs> yeah, and you probably think you should have gone way higher. It's good to see a guy take that chip on his shoulder and really perform in the season and yeah. kind of prove himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, it's, I mean it's it's fun to see. It's it's fun to watch. I, I watched a few the two games that he's played. It's just great. It's it's a good new look for the for the Ravens, who have have been. They've kind of been on the fence for a while. They're always out like right there, like one step closer to being good, and then one step closer to being terrible. So we'll see where where he takes them for now. But 
we'll see. I, I mean, I guess that's it. That's it for today. Um, thanks for joining, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. Later. Later. Oh, 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 oh.